Is the Knicks' success this season just the Jalen Brunson effect? What does that mean? What do the Knicks have to do to win a first-round series against the Cavs? We'll talk about all that today. Welcome into the Locked On NBA Playoff Preview. I'm Nick Engstead of Locked On NBA, and I'm joined by Gavin Shaw of Locked On Knicks to give you everything you need to know about the New York Knicks going into the postseason. Gavin, let's start here. What's the biggest on-court story for the Knicks this season? I, I don't think it can be anyone other than Jalen Brunson. I mean, he he has transformed this franchise. And personally, like, I, I maybe didn't expect him to play as well as he's played. I expected him to play about 90% as well as he's played. But it's the cascading effect, right? It's Julius Randle um, transforming back into the all-NBA type of talent he was two years ago. And in fact, doing so in a more efficient way than he did two years ago. And I would argue a more sustainable way. Um, he slots in perfectly as a second banana behind Brunson, the types of shots he's getting, the types of shots he's able to get to, I think are largely a product of his work, but also what Jalen Brunson has done for him. And then just what Brunson has done from a chemistry perspective. I mean, this is a team largely due to Randall's struggles. That was, was kind of a mess at points in that perspective last season. The vibes have been immaculate this year, Nick. And, and the Knicks, I, I think, are a much more sustainable version of the team that made the first round, got a top five seed two years ago. I'm also the host of Locked On Mavs, and that statement just twists the knife because the vibes, I loved immaculate vibes. The, vibe, the vibes were immaculate. And now the vibes are no longer immaculate here. <laughs> um, how has how has he unlocked Julius Randle? Like, we've, Julius Randle's arc for the Knicks has been so fascinating to me, but just let's just focus on the on-court uh, and not maybe the boos that he was getting from fans and things like that. How has Julius Randle's game kind of dipped down and then now it seems to be back up where he, he may make an all-NBA team this year? Yeah, so I, I think the the biggest thing is that Julius doesn't have to be the primary ball handler. Like, you have to be if Alfred Payton, who is uh, no longer in the NBA two years later, is your starting point guard in, in round one of the playoffs. And Julius did incredibly well in that role. But the issue is Tom Thibodeau asks for a spectacular amount of work, right? You're supposed to play every game. You're supposed to play 38 to 42 to maybe in an overtime night, 50 minutes in, in a single outing. And Randall is a talented passer, but he's a very meticulous passer. He likes to back you down, back you down, see where the double's coming, see where the help's coming, and then make usually a great cross-court feed. But where he got tripped up two seasons ago in the postseason was Atlanta was sending all these blindside doubles, doubling from different spots, the kind of adjustments you get to make when you have the luxury of time and, and space to think about how to attack a specific opponent in the playoffs. And Julius absolutely struggled with that. Teams adjusted. They played him that way um, a season ago. Randall didn't handle it well. He still doesn't handle it well at times. But the brilliance of having Jalen Brunson is you do have someone who's very adept at making those decisions. And you just frankly have someone to split those decisions with. And that's allowed Randall to reorganize his game. Instead of a heavy diet of contested mid-rangers, he's been living at the rim this season. Um, I think twice as many dunks as he had a year ago. Uh, short mid-range shots instead of long mid-range shots. And um, not, not just among forwards, but amongst all players, one of the leading three-point shooters in the NBA, despite missing the final six games of the season. I think he finished um, eighth in the league in made threes. So just a more efficient shot profile, less decisions. And he came into this year in, in just spectacular shape and, and, and by and large, just showcased a great attitude. And that's gone a long way. I don't think anybody expected Julius Randle when he came into the NBA to be taking nine threes a game, but here we are in today's, in today's NBA. Uh, for the Knicks, going into this first-round series against the Cavs and then maybe beyond what's the playoff rotation who are the players you're looking at just give me like a list of names and then anybody on the bubble that you think could still be in the rotation but you know but may not be yeah so starting lineup Jalen Brunson 
Quinn Grimes, RJ Barrett, and then the big question mark is Julius Randle healthy for game one? Presuming he is, you have Randle starting, you have Mitchell Robinson off the bench, Isaiah Hartenstein, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, um, and Deuce McBride then could potentially see his way into the rotation. Of course, I'm forgetting uh, Josh Hart, who uh, transformed the next season since coming in from uh, Portland. I, I think one of the most interesting variables in the next rotation will be who's closing games at the small forward spot. Um, whether that's hard over RJ, whether you're going small and you're having Brunson Grimes, who has just been fantastic over the last 10 games of the season or so, one of the best three-point shooters in basketball over the final few games of the season. Um, it, it, it's really about RJ's spot. And then you're looking to see if a Deuce McBride could sneak in there. You're looking to see if Tibbs goes really weird and tries to play Obi, Julius, and Mitch together, given how well Obi's been playing of late. I doubt that happens. But, you know, there, there, there's some interesting wrinkles the Knicks can throw in there if they choose to go that direction. What are the biggest weeks strengths strengths? What are the biggest strengths and weaknesses of this Knicks team? Uh, basically, how do they win games and how do they lose games? I think they they win games by being just absolutely meticulous about details and, and wearing you down like a classic Tom Thibodeau team, but with a bit more firepower nice. than a classic Tom Thibodeau team. Because I I just don't think they had this ceiling two years ago, Nick, and, and especially acquiring Josh Hart. The brilliance of their rotation now is they generally play no below average players, right? Everyone is a contributor, and they might not have that Donovan Mitchell. They, they certainly don't have that Donovan Mitchell. They don't have that Giannis. Um, but what they do have is, is no weak points, and they, and they win games by attacking your weak points and then not really giving up much on the other end of the floor. Where they can lose games is when their offense just doesn't – I mean, I, it, it honestly – it kind of is a, a, a dual-sided coin where you don't have that one dude to go to. And, of course, Jalen Brunson – by and large, is that a hyper-efficient score? But when the ball's double out of his hands, who's making those decisions? And if it's an off night for Julius Randle, that all of a sudden becomes a big question. Emmanuel quickly, more often than not, has been the answer to that question down the stretch of this season. We're going to see if what he did in the regular season converts over to the playoffs. And if it does, I, I think the Knicks have an excellent chance to win this series. I think I'm more interested in this question for the Knicks than, than any other of these previews that I've done. What are the expectations for this team from, from three levels, from the fans, from media, and then from you, what, what do you think that fans are expecting, what the team is expecting? And then, you know, people around the team are expecting from this team. You're saying just as far as this postseason, right? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think fans are expecting a hard fought first round win and then a hard fought second round loss. I think the team expect something similar with maybe a little less confidence that they're going to get out of the first round. I think I'm pretty aligned with the team. I would, I would really call this series a coin flip. If you, if you put a water gun to my head, I would, I'd probably take the Cavs in seven, just because I'm still not a hundred percent confident in, in two things. One Julius's ability to handle the pressure, of the postseason, handle the NBA's best defense and consistently make good decisions down the stretch of games. And even when he does make good decisions that other guys on this team are going to hit big, high-pressure three-pointers. Um, and two, I, I think it's an open question how ready this team is defensively for the playoffs. It's an area, despite winning, that I, I think they've they've certainly lacked over the final 20 games or so. There's been great stretches. Like the last time they played the Cavs, they held them to, was it, I think it was 11 points in the fourth quarter. Obviously, if you do that, you're, you're looking pretty good. But um, I, I haven't seen the intensity you need on that level to beat a team like Cleveland. And I wonder if they're able to sum, summon it 
Um, and also if Julius Randle's 100% healthy, obviously that is a massive variable. So it ended up being more than two things, Nick. But I, I have some <laughs> questions, and, and they, they lean me slightly towards the Cavs, but I think there's a lot of confidence within the team, within the fan base, that the Knicks are going to pull out this series. The FanDuel line to, for the series right now is uh, Knicks plus 176, Cavs minus 215. So you talk about that coin flip. <clears throat> That's the closest series that they have right now. Uh, the Warriors are a minus 260 favorite against the Kings. So, like, it's that close between the Cavs and the Knicks. What, are the, what do the Knicks have to do to win this first-round series if it is a coin flip? Yeah, I think it's kind of just everything I just said. I mean, they, they need Julius Randle to be at 100% health. Look, Obi Toppin has been great. Um, and it's, it's funny because this is something you associated with Julius Randle in the past, but he he is just a space cadet on defense at times. And, and I don't think he's ready for playoff basketball, at least going against um, opposing starters on that end of the floor, as incredible as he's been offensively. So you need Randle full throttle. You need Randle going to the rim, mowing guys down, um, teaching Evan Mobley, maybe, maybe the defensive player of the year in the NBA, a lesson <laughs> or two. And then you just need the role players to hit big shots. I mean, unfortunately for the Knicks, R.J. Barrett falls into that category. He shot three for 20 from three over the final two games of the regular season on pretty wide open attempts. And I I think Cleveland is going to dare him to shoot. They're going to pack the paint. They're going to say, all right, look, Brunson's going to get his. Julius is going to get his. But it's going to be over the outstretched arms of two all-star level talents and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. They're going to dare everyone else in the Knicks to hit threes. I think Quickly can do it. I think Grimes can do it. i I think Josh Hart can do it at a good enough rate. R.J. Barrett's going to have to make those threes. If not, he's not going to play in this series. And if you lose R.J. Barrett, you lose a big component of your downhill gravity um, that I think Hart is going to struggle to replicate. So to me, those are kind of going to be the swing factors in this one. Last bonus one here. Um, At some point last season, and I think a lot of people agreed with this, you guys were ready to move on from Tom Thibodeau. You were like, hey, I'm I'm done with this. This this isn't working. Where are we now with Tom Thibodeau? Because it seems like it's it like this whole thing has turned around. How has he been in close games? Basically, where are Knicks fans and and, you know people around the team at with Tom Thibodeau? Yeah, look, I I still have my issues. He he played pretty much every key rotation player that was that was not injured uh, about 40 minutes yesterday against the Pacers. And you know, a man who quickly tweaked an ankle yesterday. I'm coming on the podcast today. I'm saying, screw it. Let's fire him. This is terrible. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. But um, but no one got hurt. So I guess as, as my co-host likes to say, no harm, no foul there. Uh, but he, he's, he's been really good for the most part. Uh, driving a team, I, I would say, like he does every season, beyond their talent level. If you're looking for another open question um, coming into the playoffs, his teams tend to underachieve relative to their record in the postseason because he treats the regular season like the postseason and then doesn't necessarily have that extra level to go to. Mm. But given their defensive personnel, I I think they have outplayed their talent on that end of the floor for most of the year. And offensively, I mean, who would have thought Tom Thibodeau, without coming into the regular season, a surefire all-star on his roster, would coach a top-four offense in NBA history? I I certainly didn't. (laughs) Um, Part of that is improved talent. It's really good shooting. It's the development of guys like Quickly and Grimes. You, you, You have to obviously give Tibbs some amount of credit for how much that's open for debate, but you have to give him some, but it's also the fact that he's gotten a lot more creative um, in, in terms of his scheming, Nick, like, like weak side actions were pretty much non-existent. You'd have to talk to people smarter than me to get into like the very specific evolutions of those, but he, he's coached a much more sophisticated offense this year. And, and given the talent at his disposal, it's, it's led to exponential growth for the Knicks. Go listen to Locked on Knicks with Gavin Shaw and Alex Wolf daily on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, hopefully we can get a win in the first round series against the Cavs. Are, are you going to say that to the Cavs host too? It just I, I don't know. I don't know how genuine it feels, Nick. I'm not sure. <laughs>